medicine of East Asia is based on a science that does not hold itself separate from the phenomena that it seeks to understand. Our medicine did not grow out of petri dish experimentation or double-blind studies. It arose from observing nature and our part in it. East Asian medicine evolves not from the examination of dead structures, but rather from living systems with their complex, mutually entangled interactions. Welcome to Geological. I'm Michael Max, the host of this podcast that goes in-depth on issues pertinent to practitioners and students of East Asian medicine. Dialogue and discussion have always been elemental to Chinese and other East Asian medicines. Listen into these conversations with experienced practitioners that go deep into how this ancient medicine is alive and unfolding in the modern clinic. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm pleased today to have Jim Sullivan with me here at the Geological International Headquarters in St. Louis, Missouri. He is an acupuncturist in the St. Louis area, as am I. And we're getting together this morning to talk about the use of lasers in clinic. Now, Jim's been at this acupuncture thing for about 20 years now. He spent time in the Northwest where he graduated from Niome. He spent some time working in Springfield, Illinois, uh, working in a hospital. He's got a background in cranial work as well as acupuncture and currently working in a community acupuncture clinic here in beautiful Arch City. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of the solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash Geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Pumsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. 
Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Meiwei.com. This season and every season, trust Meiwei Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app/switch to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code Geological at the time of sign up for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me this morning. Yeah, this is great, and it's nice to be able to do it here at the international headquarters. It's stellar. <laughs> so today, the subject is use of lasers. I'm curious to know how you. Got involved with lasers. Well, it, it comes down to basically my own curiosity. We got a tiny smattering in acupuncture school. Over the years, I have stumbled across a few people doing them in their practices, primarily chiropractors. So sometimes it's fun to look over the fence and see what they're up to, and understanding what I didn't know about them or how I might apply them. So my own curiosity. Secondly, my own need. I get a lot of people that either can't. Or won't get acupuncture. Does it hurt? Are the needles bad? Or sometimes people are just of an age that their skin is so crepey that needling wouldn't be real appropriate for them. Or the situation. I remember Dr. Tan said that he used to, when he moved to a new town, he would take a stack of his business cards, a small travel kit of needles. And go to the nearest happy hour and on Friday and ask people who has a headache and then cure their headache. That sounds like something Tan would do. Exactly. However, as I started to think about this, cleanliness at a bar, needling at a bar, the liability of needling at a bar, that got really complicated. Where you could do laser in that situation. I'm also did some trainings with acupuncturists without borders. For field use, a laser would be stellar. And how many of you have also found yourself in a situation? One, a client is walking out the door and said, "Oh yeah, I didn't tell you about the headache I have." So you've got about three minutes to deal with this headache that they didn't tell you about in the first place because you were too busy doing what they first told you to do. But you do want to help them, and so this would be something you could whip out quickly and easily, and not have a huge investment in time. 
So that's good in that way. And the other one, and I hate to admit it, but how many of you have also had people in a hospital setting, a, a loved one, a friend who you wanted to do a little something for to ease their pain and, or calm their mind or whatever, and whipping out needles and doing acupuncture just would not be appropriate or, but you could always right. put or a put small Right, or put you in some deep liability. Right, where you could pull one of these out and do that very quickly and effectively. And so curiosity, need. One of the other things, I recently taught a class for the Acupuncture Association of Missouri on this. And I used the term silim tau which is a Wing Chun form of Kung Fu. It's the first form. And what it really translates to be is a small thought or the little idea form. And what it means is in these few little ideas, the entire system is laid out to you. So whenever I go to a workshop or something, I'm trying to grasp onto the one little idea that I can build into a thought. And that's what I try to do. And that's kind of what I tried to do with, with my knowledge of lasers and how I built it up. I tried to keep it a few basic concepts to build on that you can move forward into treatment with people without getting bogged down with a lot of dogma. So let's get into some of the nuts and bolts about this. One of the big questions that I've got, and, and I suspect our listeners may have as well, how is a laser different than a needle in terms of, of how it stimulates the channel? Can you use it to sedate or to tonify? Just, just how do we use light instead of a little piece of steel? Think of the difference between moxibustion maybe, and this is a generality. There will be, I, I've read different things in different books. The generality is a needle is good at moving the chi, unsticking the chi, creating some movement. When you put needles into tissues, you're usually putting them down to the fascial layer. And when you excite the needle, some people believe, you are putting pressure on the fascia, which is made out of collagen and elastin, and mineral salts. And when you put pressure on mineral salts, you get piezoelectric fields. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Piezoelectric fields are, are like what makes your quartz crystal watch work. So now you are creating a spark that has a preference it's going to follow the fascial planes or the meridians and send a message deeper into the body. Okay. These conduits, the meridians of the body, which are fascially related, that have a tendency to conduct electricity, also conduct light energy. So now you have a system of pathways that you can do that. Now, I think that the, the needles move chi in a more strong fashion. But sometimes when there's a lot of blockages, it's like sending a freight train and then hitting a barrier. It just stops. Whereas if you can just make the chi gently flow around the obstacle, as time goes on, it breaks up the obstacle. And that's how I see laser light working. Much gentler, more on the, on the terms of, of, of uh, moxibustion, kind of like uh, on, Anabaki. Is it Anabaki? Is, Ana that, is that where they do the little like tapping with pieces of incense? Incense on the, on the Jing well yes. points. And one of the things that does is it clears the entire channel, but very gently. Mm, it's mm -hmm. like a nice gentle push rather than a shove where the, the needle might be a little bit more of a shove. Needles on Jing Wells tend to be kind of a shove. They tend to be a little bit of a shove where I think you could get away with incense on the points, but 
For example, what that does is that gently clears the entire channel. I will also say that the laser probably is a little bit more yang energy, where maybe the needle affects a little bit more of the yin energy of the channel. That would make sense, given the, the, very, nature. the nature of light being yang. Exactly. Yeah. So in terms of actually working with or stimulating the meridians, is, would you use lasers differently than you would use an acupuncture needle? Absolutely. And here's something to think about. In the chiropractic slash physical therapy arena, some of the machines can be $5,000. You know, there's several thousand dollars. And the reason why is that the amount of power based on their style of treatment has to be tremendously high. They're trying, for example, if your low back hurts, they're going to blanket the entire low back. So the head on these machines is about a four inch square. And to move a four inch square of energy that way takes a lot. And that's going to take a big machine to do it. If your knee hurts, you irradiate the knee. If your back hurts, you irradiate the back. If your shoulder hurts, you irradiate the shoulder. And that's the level of thought that goes into it. And here's the interesting part. The part that I wanted to get across in the class that I taught is that we as acupuncturists have a secret. We know how to open the gate. We know how to enter into the body by way of the meridian system and points. With we a lot of precision. With precision, not a sledgehammer. Mm. So if we can precisionally move into the meridian system, we can have effect at other places in the body. The thicker the tissue is, the more laser light you need. For example, on your back, the tissue is fairly heavy and thick. Mm -hmm. So you need a lot of power to get through that. But for example, if you want to do a hand point, a Jing Well point, so Jing Well points, classically Jing Well points are used to stimulate the opposite end of the channel. That is classically how they're used. However, for example, the Jing Well points on the hand, there was a research study, and oh, I have that here. Well, in a nutshell, I don't have that right here. In a you nutshell. You know, we can put that kind of stuff on the show put, notes page. Okay. Um, in a nutshell, um, they did a study on neuropathy of the hand and carpal tunnel pain and dysfunction. And what they found is by applying laser light to the Jing Well points, they got a tremendous amount of relief for the hand. That lets me know that it doesn't necessarily always have to affect the opposite end of the channel. Mm -hmm. That is one thing it does do, but what it really appears to do is clear the whole channel gently. Like you were talking about exactly. earlier in the show. And that's the magic. Because if you can apply to Jing Well points, knowing that you're going to clear an entire channel slowly and gently, you don't need as much power because you're going to use the acupuncture points in the thin skin of the Jing Well points to access the entire body and the entire meridian system. That's the magic. Mm -hmm. so, so you don't need a big fancy laser. You don't. My suggestion are handheld lasers, and that's what I'm primarily talking about, Costing about $100. Mm -hmm. um, I like OMS, which is Oriental Medical Supply, but there's other companies. You want somewhere in the range of 670 nanometers of wavelength, about 5 milliwatts uh, of power. The head on these things is about 8 millimeters compared to 4 inches square. Where they're most appropriate 
would be, for example, the Jingwell points or maybe even um, Korean hand therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some of the Dr. Tan points. Probably the dong points. points. Yeah, I was thinking that could be really helpful there. With the power that I just described uh, about the five uh, milliwatt power, um, hand points, you would hold those for about 30 to 90 seconds. That's not bad. Mm -hmm. Another place where the skin is very thin are ear points. You could do ear points. You could do the NADA protocol, which not only is good for addictions, it's good for stress, anxiety, um, quite a few things like that. It's also, if you look at it in terms of five element, is a very well-balanced five element treatment. That's why um, acupuncturists without borders, that is one of their go-to techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, they primarily do that in the field first. And then they might fine tune it with specific pain points. But a lot of times, if you just bring general pain down overall, you get the specific pain with it. So much so that, for example, battlefield acupuncture, as done by the Air Force, is kind of a generic treatment. However, that generic treatment covers a wide range. It seems to be able to help disrupt the link between the event, the negative traumatic event, and current time. It breaks that bridge. And that's a real issue in post-traumatic stress. It also seems to reduce pain, whatever pain the person is having, by about 70%. And they have done research. It's pretty remarkable. I've, I've, I've used it myself. My only issue with the battlefield acupuncture is there, you're putting these studs in the ear. It's really not pleasant for most people. That is true. You, Even though it helps with the pain, it's You it's can not needle those points, and also you can laser those points. Laser them. I like the idea of lasering them. And if you lasered points, I'm looking at the range, and I, I did some calculations to get to this that are absolutely boring. It's looking at the density of tissue and the width of the head and the duration of time to get the amount of joules that are therapeutically beneficial. Instead, it's a lot easier to think of hand points, 30 to 90 seconds, ear points, 30 to 45 seconds per point. So that's the magic place is 30 to 45 seconds per point. So you could do a 10, 10 um, uh, needle protocol in under 10 ne- uh, minutes. Right. So now, you could do battlefield acupuncture in less than 10 minutes. Hello, everyone. Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel or the sea of yang, the primal reservoir of yang which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvellous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. 
you could do battlefield acupuncture in less than three or four minutes, actually. Exactly. With, with the main points that they use. Right. I'm just thinking in my own well, practice. Fascinating study. <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone comes in, they, they've got an acute pain going on. Why not start with that and just see how much it knocks it down? That would be a great little The Air Force actually study. does that. And they have nurses who put in battlefield acupuncture. Let's say you have low back pain and some stress. They'll do that a few times. If that doesn't do it, you're kicked up to the doctor who actually does more full body acupuncture. They're kind of trained in the, um, I believe it was Berkeley has a hundred or 300 hour acupuncture oh, program. Um, the medical uh, acupuncture program. It might be in Berkeley these days. I think it started out at UCLA. It's UCLA. I'm sorry. UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a 300 hour acupuncture program and they have sent their, the Air Force has sent their doctors to that. Mm-hmm. And so if, it's a great the, program. if the technician can't handle it with a general treatment, then it is kicked up. But they go through the general technician first to stream down the amount of people actually seeing the doctor. They're trying to be more effective. Sure. They're, so if they're they doing triage. Cure, yeah. So if they can cure your low back pain with battlefield acupuncture, you never need to see the doctor. And boom, you're happy. They're happy. Everything's good. If it needs to be kicked up a notch, they do have someone there to kick it up a notch. I'm curious to know if you're using this in your, since you do community acupuncture these I days, do. or is that a piece of your practice? It's a piece. It's, it's a definitely piece. a piece. Uh, so are you using the laser in there? I am. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting. Maybe I'll do some body points for something else. And then, like I said, one cleanup issues or just little dangly, straggly issues. Sometimes someone comes in that is just so stressed out. That's a good application. Maybe I'll do the battlefield stuff first. Mm -hmm. And then just put in a few points and let them bake, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit. And in that community-style setting, that works. I could spend five minutes on, on laser points, put a quick formula of points in, you know, uh, Dr. Tan Shen disturbance treatment or something, and then move on to someone else. Time in a community setting is always important. It's crucial, and you have to kind of, I hate to say cookbook, but you, you need to have some base strategies in your back pocket to whip out quickly. One of the other things that I do on the hand points is I do some Korean hand therapy at a correspondence level. That was developed by a Korean gentleman um, in the 70s and has actually developed into an entire system that parallels in complexity, some of the Japanese systems. Mm -hmm. There's tonification and sedation and five element theory, but at a very base level is what they call correspondence level. All 365 points, basically, 14 meridians are on your hand. The center line starting on the palm surface of the hand represents the front of the body. The back of the hand represents the back of the body. The middle finger represents the face area on the, the pad of the finger going down to the neck being the first crease in, the, in the, the knuckle there and moving on down into the torso of the body. Matter of fact, it's kind of interesting that in the Korean system, oh, approximately they use for genital pain and, and that area uh, a point around pericardium seven. And Dr. Tan has always used that for genital pain, um, menstrual cramps, all those things. So there's a parallel system here. Maybe different systems have different dogmas, but still there's something going on here. Um, the back of the hand, 
Dr. Tan uses the first knuckle on the middle finger for neuro problems. So do the Koreans. So there's overlaps in the, the, the theories in the dogma might be different, but the application is very similar. Again, the skin on the hand is thin enough, you can do laser treatments on those and get effect. Right. So does this mean that when you're using lasers in the way that, that we're talking about it today, these small handheld ones, not these big ones, that you're basically treating hands, feet, ears. You don't. You wouldn't use it on like a large no. intestine 11. You wouldn't use it on a gallbladder 30. No. Uh, you know, gallbladder 21, everybody hurts there. But it doesn't have a horsepower to get through the meat. It just doesn't. And so people will use it on that and say, oh, these things don't work, right? How could this work? This doesn't work. And they put it in their back box of junk and never does it see the light of day again. It's a difference between a broadsword and a fencing foil. Mm -hmm. you, ha you change the style of practice to fit the tool. You can't expect two tools to work the same. So maybe to release this area, I do... Yeah, your gallbladder 21, you'd have to... Yeah, I could get fancy and use liver channel, which is a balancing point. Um, liver 3, liver 4, 5, something like that um, to get a different response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's how I might use that. And the biggest thing about this class that I want to say is get the, you know, if you have one, it's one of these little ones, get it out of the drawer and start to think back to that. These are ideas that I came up with using it on Jing Well points, Korean hand therapy points, um, ear points, maybe even some of the facial scalp points. Mm. The, th the skin is thin enough you can activate. There are other ideas. This is the Silim Tao aspect of this, the little thought, the little idea that, that plants a seed for the big thought. Mm -hmm. Maybe you come up with totally different strategies, but the thing that's going to remain the same is you're going to pick thin skin spots because you don't have a lot of horsepower. Right. You're going you to use acupuncture precision versus Western medicine sledgehammer. Right. If you did want to use lasers on other parts of the body, You'd have to you'd have to gear up for it basically and get one of these stronger lasers. Absolutely, one of the guys at the clinic had a thing a, a probably about a foot long and about oh I don't know that big around. <laughs> Sounds like about the size of a lightsaber. Yeah, a small lightsaber. But he took it and he put it on his piece of paper and burnt a hole in the paper. And I was like, that might be a little stronger than what we're thinking here. This, this brings up another question of uh, terms that I've heard about lasers, that you've got hot lasers and, and cold, cold lasers. lasers. That is interesting. It has to do, again, with horsepower. For example, class one lasers, you'll, you'll have those in, in like your laser printer in your office. Some of the equipment that you use to turn things on and off uh, at home, those are class one lasers. Those are about one milliwatt or less. Not a lot of horsepower. You don't need any goggles. You don't need any protective equipment. Mm -hmm. Class two lasers are considered safe for momentary viewing. So you can let it pass by your eye. I wouldn't stare at it all day, but if it passes by your eye, you don't need any goggles or anything like that. That's a class two. The, the ones we're primarily talking about are class three lasers. They're up to five milliwatts. Um, you don't need any goggles when you use them, things like that. But you sure would not want to look at it. You wouldn't stare at it. If you transitorily passed it by, you are fine. 
transitory. That's a class 3A. Now, the ones that we're talking about, the little pocket things, they're usually a class 3B. They are 5 milliwatts up to 500 milliwatts. Protective goggles or glasses are recommended, and you wouldn't want to look at this long term directly. A brief pass would be okay. Then we move into the hotter lasers here. Uh, class 4 lasers are 500 milliwatts or more. That would be considered a hot laser. Mm -hmm. You see that in surgery. You see that in industry. You know, once you're above 500, it doesn't have an end to it. It's everything 500 milliwatts to the James Bond one that's melting the planet. It's anything higher than that. And those would be hot lasers. And those definitely require equipment. And I will say that the ones that you typically see, like in the chiropractor's office, are high-end class B lasers. Um, they are pretty hot, but not considered hot. But you do wear goggles, both patient and client, and that gets a little much. We, in turn, are, aren't looking at it, and we're putting it almost direct, if not directly on the skin, within a millimeter or two of the skin. So you don't actually contact the skin with the laser, you just hold it above? You don't want to put the diode on the skin. So what they've done is they've recessed the diode a few millimeters. So by pressing the um, laser against the skin, there's still a millimeter or so recess, and you can put it on there, and the shroud will protect you from any visible light. You know, Got it. I'll sit on the couch and give myself treatments. So, uh -huh. You know. In recent years, the Sa'am acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Sa'am approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six chi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles it's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge. Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jing well points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of Qi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. I'm curious to know how you would recommend folks go about finding out more information about the use of lasers in a way that's not thinly disguised marketing. Because I've, I've gone and given it a, a bit of a look. But most of it, it really does. It, it's, it just seems more like marketing materials than anything else. It is. Um, if you want some understanding of what lasers are, what they do a book called Light and Laser Therapy Clinical Procedures. There's a fifth edition by a Curtis Turchin, who is a chiropractor. Uh -huh. I'll put that on the show notes put page. Put that on the yeah. show notes page. It describes things like, what is a joule? How do you calculate joules? Things like that. 
this has a wonderful section on classes of laser, lasers, why thicker skin and how to paint with the laser, things like that. Where it breaks down is it doesn't talk too much about acupuncture points, etc. It gives you a wonderful background, but when it comes to treatment strategies, they're going with the if the shoulder hurts, do it kind of approach. So that's the there's a good side and a bad side with this book. The good side is it gives lots of theory and understanding about the basics of wavelengths and joules and all of that. The application of the treatment, I'm going to say that's where you have to start using your acupuncture knowledge. Well, and that's what we're trained to do anyway. That's what we're trained to do. A second book that is a little bit more geared towards the lower power is Laser Acupuncture, an Introductory Text. And it has tons and tons of research projects that have been done. It gives the application and how they did it and things like that. And then the outcomes. Who's doing the research on this stuff? A lot of Europeans. There are things going on in the United States, like the one that I referenced towards the um, carpal tunnel and neuropathy was done like uh, the Journal of Physical Medicine. So a very Western-y thing. And they were applying it with small handheld lasers, using acupuncture points to enter it, and those were the results they got. And so this book does have some um, United States, but it also it seems like the Europeans are just a little bit ahead of us. As lasers developed, the initial research was that, that it was therapeutic, took place in, in Russia or other Soviet bloc countries and China. They seem to share research back and forth. Then it spread into Europe from Russia and eventually jumped into the United States. We're kind of behind the power curve in application. You know, it seems like the Russians have done a lot of innovative stuff with, for lack of a better term, and I hate this term, but I'm going to use it anyway. I'm using air quotes, energy medicine. They seem to look at alternatives uh, and consider it more than we do here in the West. I, I think the Russians definitely do. Some of it is a gemeinschaft or a, a thought process. Their own mindset allows them that. Where some of our own biases and backgrounds don't even allow us to think or do the research in that. And they're doing the research and they're exploring new options. They have a unique segue between the Asian thought model and European thought. They are a segue back and forth and they've had people passing through their country and on their borders and they get to share these ideas and they seem to ride the rail in both worlds where we are clearly you know, our thought processes are different. Step one, step two, step three, linear. They think in circles. Which is the way we think in Chinese medicine. And that's when the you way come Chinese right medicine works. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. systems. Anything else that you think our listeners would benefit from in terms of thinking about how to start using lasers or things that they should know about? Uh, bringing lasers into their practice. One, I, I wouldn't invest heavily in cost. I would, hundred bucks. Two, pick up one of these books, but also use what you know of acupuncture theory. Um, I think I've already, I'm going to say it one more time. Your points are 30 to 45 seconds, hand points, 60 to 90 seconds. With a small laser, some of the body points that are still thin skin that might be like UB2, um, two to three minutes. And UB2 can be used to influence back pain since it's unblocking the entire channel maybe ub67 something like that 
anyway, but play with them and see it as options. Don't don't allow just the way you've been doing things to dictate how you will do things in the future. Bring in this little baby thought and maybe it'll really flourish. Maybe you'll just use this on friends and family. Maybe you'll make this as part of a formal practice. Maybe you don't, I don't know where it could go for you. Yeah, well, it's certainly it's worth it. experimenting. And Absolutely. 100 bucks to do your own experiment isn't... Exactly. That's, that's not much of a <clears throat> barrier to I, the I uh, will, entry. I will say that when I first read Laser Acupuncture and Introductory Text, they, they had several forms to fill out to send to the FDA laser department and... At the very, very last out of this collection of forms that you're supposed to send them in for every client you see, they said, this is recommended and it has no regulatory mandate to do this. So with the light, small lasers, you have no obligation to do any of that paperwork stuff. So don't let that throw you off track. We're free to experiment. We're free to experiment with lasers of this strength. Right. You know, it, it's interesting. I've got a, a number of patients who take their critters to see some sort of alternative practitioner. And sometimes they'll do acupuncture. But I've, I've had a number of patients who get their animals lasered. Oh, yeah. It, it seems quite common, common in the veterinarian world these days. It does. Now, I would guess that they're using more of a physical therapy style laser. Now, there is research that shows that you know, a four-inch head with lots of power over a hip joint does increase circulation, does take pain away. All those things, they use it in athletic sports medicine all the time. So there is value there. But is it practical for us to apply it that way? Maybe not. Plus, we have some added knowledge that they don't have. It used to be that you could do acupuncture on animals, most of those laws, as an acupuncturist with the guidance of a veterinarian. Most of the states have changed their laws to stating that you have to be a veterinarian. But in the day, I have done some animals. When I was in acupuncture school, I used to acupuncture my cat. <laughs> and well, the, the curious thing about that cat was, she's a very nice cat, but she would never sit on your lap for more than five seconds unless she had an acupuncture needle in her. And then she calmed down. And then she calmed down. Well, I will share a story with you. I had a small practice in Tacoma, Washington, and it was kind of a horseshoe-shaped building complex. I got there early, I walked out, I flipped my closed open sign, and there's this really large Rottweiler walking around out there. And I, I wasn't afraid of him, but I was worried that he would scare clients off. So I went out and I talked to him for a little bit, and he seemed just fine. I also noticed he had a little limp. I went in, I called animal control. <laughs> they said they may get to him today, or they may not pick him up today. And I said, well, okay. So I went back out and talked to him some more. And, and I, my first client of the day canceled. So I walked him in my office. I put him, I dropped my table down. I had a hydraulic table. <laughs> and I, I dropped it down and I put him on it. I put a heat lamp on his hip. He liked that. So I did some needles. He laid there just fine for it. I took the needles out. I took him out. He didn't limp anymore. He walked around, you know. And I put him in a back room waiting for animal control to came. They finally came. I gave it to him. I said, you know what? This is a good dog. Don't destroy him or anything. If you have trouble, call me. I will find a home or I'll take him myself because he's very well behaved. They didn't call me back later that day. I called them back and he said, oh no, his daddy came for him right away. And I thought, if that dog could talk, 
I got out for the day, I got an acupuncture treatment, and I got to go to jail all in one day. The wisdom of animals. Exactly. You had a big adventure. That's great. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wind this down today? Just that I think as acupuncturists, uh, again, don't limit yourself to what you have always done. Our main thought is if there's any potential to help a patient or client, what can I bring out of the toolbox to do so? Even if it's something as small as this that just gives them a little temporary relief for a little bit. That's that's a movement in the right direction that you can build on. Yep, great. Jim, thanks for being with us today. Thank you much. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community. Mm